With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here are your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. Welcome to Tennis.com podcast inside the tour. I'm one of the co-hosts, Nina Pantic. This episode features my co-host, Irina Falcone, and our chat with WTT World Team Tennis CEO, Carlos Silva. Silva joined World Team Tennis this January from a background in fighting. He was a league president of the Professional Fighters League and the CEO of the World Series of Fighting. He's part of a very exciting 44th season of World Team Tennis, which starts July 14th. Uh, it's played in a bunch of cities around the U.S., including newly in Orlando and Las Vegas. Some key players include Venus Williams, Mike and Bob Bryan, Madison Keys, Nick Kyrgios, Francis, Tiafo, John Isner, and a ton more. Let's hear from Carlos Silva, the World Team Tennis CEO. Carlos, welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. Thanks for joining us. Let's just start with how you ended up as the CEO of World Team Tennis, kind of your backstory and how you got where you are today. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, tennis has been a big part of my life. You know, it's kind of all I wanted to do when I was younger and, you know, com- coming up through juniors and then playing some college tennis at Boston College and then trying the satellite tour, um, you know, earning earning a pro paycheck, I'm happy to say, a very small one. But um, but I can at least say that I, I know what it was like to lose a match and still get paid for it. And, you know, and, and look, tennis is just always, it's really taught me everything. It taught me how to be, you know, work hard. It taught me how to win. It taught me how to lose. And, you know, I did a lot of stuff with tennis over the years. You know, when I was an executive at AOL, you know, we streamed the courts at the U.S. Open, uh, the practice courts, before anyone was thinking about doing that kind of stuff back in 2003, 2004, 2005, a long time ago. And so, you know, we had always been thinking about innovation. Uh, I got to know the owners of World Team Tennis over the years. In fact, you know, sort of a funny story. One of the one of the investors and advisors to to the um, to the board uh, was on my high school tennis team with me. And John and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, we started talking. Uh, the opportunity came up, and and frankly, I kind of couldn't say no. I thought it was a, a dream job for me with everything I've done in sports and media to be able to put all that together and uh, and mix it with tennis. You were the president of the Professional Fighters League. It's different than UFC, right. but it's mixed martial arts. So how is it different? It is. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Professional Fighters League is, uh, we really kind of um, took uh, the model of MMA, but then created a season of sport. And, uh, and you know, it's funny about it is tennis, tennis was embedded in a lot of that thinking. And so uh, their season... Uh, you know, really, you know, still, still is in my blood too, but their season starts on May 9th on ESPN and that season is a regular season. And then they go into a bracketed playoffs, much like a tennis bracket. And each of the fighters in each of the weight classes fight quarterfinals, semifinals and finals. And then the winners, uh, the winners in each weight class win a million dollars. And so, you know, a lot of the sort of thinking on how we even structured 
and turned MMA uh, into a league, uh, had a lot of tennis sort of embedded in the way that we thought about, you know, regular season and points. And then, and then certainly once you got into a, a straight bracketed uh, playoff like March Madness or like any tennis bracket. So you were the CEO of, uh, or you, you were working for a World Series of Fighting that was based in Las Vegas, and now we're going to have a new team in Las Vegas. Is that just a coincidence, or has that been a big part of you coming on board? Because having a team in Vegas, I think, is a big game changer because it's kind of the mecca of entertainment sports, and I think it's like one of the coolest cities in the world, obviously. So is that something that you were part of, a big, a big part of? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we did a lot of fights in Vegas. Um, you know, we had our we had our fight operations team in Vegas. I I was sort of living in Vegas and commuting in and out for a number of years. And and we, you know, I and you and all of us in the world feels like Vegas is the is is the entertainment capital of the world. So absolutely, when we were thinking about where to put teams, um, because I had done a lot of fights in Vegas, I knew the city well. Uh, knew a lot of the operators and the arenas and, and where we could go. And so um, super excited about the Vegas Rollers. Uh, it's great to have another professional team in Las Vegas. You know, they've got the they've got the hockey team with the Knights. They've got a WNBA team with the with the Aces. And now they've got a, a world team tennis team with the Rollers. And, you know, soon they're going to have an NFL team next year with the Raiders. So uh, it's great to be part of that fabric. It's great to be at the Orleans Arena. It's a really great arena. And uh, I think it's a great tennis city too, you know, with um, uh, you know, with with everything that Andre Agassi's done there, and and opening a lot of you know kids and and schools for the kids. Um, we got an awesome coach and Tim Blankeron who played tennis at UNLV and won a won a national title, an NCAA doubles title there. Uh, so I think we're really embedded, you know, really well um, in the tennis community in Las Vegas. So it's gonna be fun. I have played world team tennis before. I actually played for Boston Lobsters, a team that is uh, RIP, unfortunately. I can't even imagine the amount of work that goes into this. I know that it wasn't, um, it was announced just a little bit ago. How are you guys going into full gear right now, getting ready, or is it still kind of getting all the logistics in, or is there already things in place that are happening to make this, uh, this event go? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, we're in, we're in full on mode i mean as you know being a player um you know we we finalized the teams and the rosters and you know the draft was out at indian wells you know about a, you know what six weeks ago or whatever that was uh, a number of marquee players um have come on board uh like the bryant brothers like venus um like isner sam query madison keys i mean the list kind of goes on and on it's really it's really awesome and then, you know, the really exciting thing for this year, too, is, is not only are we in two new cities in Orlando with the Orlando Storm and Vegas with the Vegas Rollers, but we've got uh, a great new broadcast partner in CBS Sports. And so we're going to have uh, 15 matches uh, of the 59 total matches for the year, because uh, as you know, it's a hectic season and there's a lot of matches on the same night. We're going to have 15 matches on CBS Sports Network. And then the really exciting piece is we're also going to have a big match on big CBS on Sunday, July 21st. And so I, for the first time, world team tennis is going to be on broadcast television. Um, we'll really, you know, give exposure to, you know, the format, the, the men and women playing together, the doubles, the mixed doubles and singles. And, and then it should be great. And I think it'll continue to, to raise the profile of world team tennis. 
So I think the coolest thing about World Team Tennis, having it televised and having all these innovations and the mixed doubles and the, the color of the court, all of it has been working. I mean, it's been 44 years, right? It all kind of makes sense as an entertainment package. But I don't think it's as big as it should be, right? But you have all these big names. How do play? How do you? How do how do the teams keep bringing these players back in? Is it just paying them a lot of money? Is it team environment is a big big part, and it should be even bigger? You know, how does this how how does this continue to get even greater? Well, you know, I think I think you touched on it. I mean, as you know, you know, being out there, you know, whether uh, you know if you're out there on the tour, I mean, it can be lonely. And uh, I think a few more players are starting to play doubles. You know, it's nice even in Monte Carlo. You saw the Djokovic brothers playing together. I think it is all about uh, also having some enjoyment around coming together and having a teammate that you can high five after you hit a big serve or, or win a match. And then also having teammates when you don't win, you know, uh, you don't win every match as you know. And so being able to maybe even you lose your singles match, but being able to come back later that night and maybe win doubles and get the team win is all part of the dynamic that I think is different than just being out there on the tour, grinding it out every week. And so I think a lot of the players enjoy it. They have a great time. We're in some great cities. We've got some great owners. And sure, of course, we've, uh, we've got some great pay. And, and these players get you know, paid well to come and play p- world team tennis. And, and they get paid a little more if they you know, make it into the semifinals uh, and the finals. And so uh, it's all about sport, um, great competition, but it's also about uh, enjoy, you know, having these players enjoy their time uh, on a, in a team environment, which is unusual for them. I know uh, I was super excited when I found out that the Orlando Storm was coming because that's only minutes away from where I live. So uh, Madison Keys and I were actually pretty close, and she told me that she's going to be playing. And I mean, she told me she's like, I think the coolest thing is the fact that I can play and come home to sleep every night. I mean, that's unheard of, especially when you're traveling 35 weeks out of the year. So I mean, it's pretty amazing. It's it's very exciting for you guys to have these. I mean, Orlando is Disney capital of the world, and then Vegas. I mean, who doesn't want to go there? Yeah, no, and we're excited about being at the USTA National Campus. It's great that Madison lives right there at Lake Nona. Uh, you know, I saw, I think I was watching the Tennis Channel the other day, and I saw a little preview of her house, a little segment that she had, which was great, and, and how happy she is to be right there. So, yeah, she gets to play some nights. She gets to come home and, you know, you know, sleep in her own bed and then go back and, you know, practice the next day and get ready for the next match. So it is a, it is unique for her. And, and, you know, certainly we're trying to do that in, in more and more uh, cities. You know, the Bryant brothers have deep roots in Vegas as well. So does Sam Query. Uh, and so, you know, they're going to be playing on the Vegas Rollers. And so uh, as we continue to look at expansion cities, uh, it's important that we find, you know, players that have roots in those cities, whether it's the general manager, like, you know, Sally Dewhurst, also our general manager in Vegas, has been in Vegas for 20 years. So she's got deep roots and it's important to bring that, you know, local flavor to each of these teams for sure. This might be a dumb question, but you're, you got brought in this year as the CEO, right? So like, what does that really mean? And what goes into your day-to-day job and, and how many are decision, decisions have you had to make kind of right away as the new face of this entire league? Yeah, look, I mean, there's, there's, this is, uh, this league's been going on for a long time. It would have gone on, um, as well with or without me, uh, you know, look, I, I bring um, I bring my media experience having run you know, a, a full cable network like Universal Sports and, and you know, having run leagues like the, the PFL uh, and having done a lot of technology and, and streaming and some cool things back in my AOL days. And so it's it's really just a matter of me getting added to that team. I'm just another teammate. 
uh, trying to make some important decisions quickly. Uh, I think it's important to make, you know, make decisions. Um, and, and look, not every decision that I make or the team makes is going to be right, but you got to make decisions and, and, and try some innovation and, and be different and make some noise in this world. Obviously there's a lot of sports and media for all of the consumers to, you know, to choose from every day. And so, you know, we're trying to do some new things, um, not just adding cities, adding broadcast partners like CBS, um, adding some new sponsorships and partnerships, but also doing some new things with the cord and technology that we're going to be um, that we're going to be rolling out this year and next as well, because we want to continue to innovate. I mean, World Team Tennis has always innovated, you know, the speed gun, um, you know, using Hawkeye uh, and, and not having linesmen, you know, all innovations to speed up the game. And, you know, certainly, you know, if you're a college, uh, you know, a college tennis fan, you know, using no ad scoring, I mean, really came out of world team tennis as well. And so I think it keeps, you know, moving it along. I think it's interesting that, you know, the ATP now in doubles is using no ad scoring and they're playing a, a tie, you know, sort of a super tiebreaker in the third as well. And that's because people don't have the time like they used to. And there's a lot of choices in media out there. And so we want to continue to to innovate and, and make the game tight and fun and exciting uh, so that everyone can, uh, you know, have, you know, in their little bit of time that they have, enjoy it and, and keep keep track of their team and cheer for their team. Like I've said, I really enjoy the world team tennis idea. I love the innovation. I love changing everything about the sport, but a lot of people hate that. They like everything to be the same. They like everything to be Wimbledon, traditional, you know, best of three, best of five sets. Um, I've been to these matches. I've covered them. I'm hoping to cover a lot more in terms of, you know, uh, going and be part of the media. But have you gotten a lot of or any pushback at all when you try and make these new changes and add these new, you know, technology um, aspects? You said the speed gun. You have said you don't have linesmen, that kind of stuff. Or is it kind of a free for all? You can do whatever you want. Oh, always, sure. There's always, you know, there's always pushback around, you know, what we should do and 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 what we shouldn't do. But uh, you know, it's our job, and it's you know, it's my job in trying to point the league in in a new direction to keep it growing. To um, you know, to bring these new things that, that add some excitement and, you know, add these moments, if you will, every night that you can capture and you can certainly put out on social and, you know, get it on Twitter, get it on Instagram, you know, get it on sports center. And, uh, and that's what it's all about because, uh, you know, you got to grab people every day because as you know, you know, on your Twitter feed, there's a lot of stuff rolling by. And if you, if you can't make a little bit of noise, you're going to be forgotten. And, you know, I didn't join, I didn't join world team tennis to, to be forgotten. I joined so that I could help, you know, take the, the 40 plus years that it's been around and now grow it into the next, you know, into the next era. And I think the players really like the short format. They like the sets to five. It's, it's easy on their bodies. Uh, and they've got some teammates to back them up. You make such a good point about how people are just having less and less time. And I mean, along with that, players are wanting to be less and less on the court. Um, you go through so much and throughout the whole year. I mean, the least amount of games out there and for that pay is extraordinary. That's got to be such a huge benefit for them. But I just, I mean, I had just more of a personal question. You go from being the president of Professional Fighters League to become the WTT um, CEO. What would you find are the biggest like differences between the two leagues, if you will? It's a, you know, it's a great question. They're remarkably similar. Um, we've got great athletes. Uh, we've got, uh, a, you know, a, a, a season schedule, uh, you know, the you know, one difference with, with world team tennis is we've got teams and we've got team owners, uh, you know, in the, in the case of the professional fighters league, it was all, you know, all one league. 
uh, all under one umbrella. Now we've also got eight other sort of mini umbrellas with all the teams that we've got and working with the owners and the general managers and the coaches of those teams and, and, and how you sort of leverage and, and work with them to make the league great too. It's not all under just the league control. It's, it's about what do they do that's great and fun in Philly? What do you do that's great and fun in, in Las Vegas and Springfield and New York? Because each of them have their own flavors. And so from that perspective, it's a, it's a little bit about letting go and, and sort of helping to guide each of these teams to also be great underneath this World Team Tennis umbrella and, and how you, you know, collaborate with the local teams and, and, uh, and, and work through that is, is something new for me. But uh, so far, it's been great. All the general managers and owners are great to work with. And, um, and I think you'll also see some more expansion in, um, you know, in two or four more cities in 2020. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to seeing or to watching all the World Team Tennis matches this year. They start July 14th, if I'm correct, and run until August 3rd, which is a pretty quick season. I think, I mean, if I was a player, I would want to play this because they get treated like royalty. I covered the Boston Lobsters in 2015, and I thought it was really cool, like rock star level cool, like being a player, getting all this swag, being kind of you know, cheered on to the stage. I mean, I think it's a really cool experience for players and for fans. So we're looking forward to the season starting this summer. That's right. Yeah, come out. You know, there's uh, there's plenty of plenty of cities to go, you know, eight cities. And then if uh, if you can't make it out during the regular season, come out to Vegas because the, the semifinals and the finals are on August 2nd and August 3rd in Vegas. And that could be a great Friday and Saturday night. And you get all day, you get all day Sunday to recover. So it should be uh, should be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the recovery. That's what I've heard. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thanks. Thanks, guys, for uh, taking the time. It was great talking to you. I look forward to giving you some updates as we get closer to the season. I mean, I'm based in New York, so hopefully I'll be at some World Ten- Team Tennis matches this summer and maybe even come to Vegas because that seems like the place to be. Super. Look forward to it. We'll, we'll, have, uh, we'll have a good seat ready for you. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.